Welcome out today for BARG. I have Louise Mason here. And what are we going to talk about today? Today we're going to talk about fraud, credit fraud, different types of fraud, how it affects your credit report, and Richard's credit diary. (laughs) (laughs) Shh, don't tell anyone. (laughs) Welcome to the audio version of BARG, exclusively for Canadian mortgage professionals who want to avoid losing the rate game by using the credit game to win. To join the conversation for visuals and additional resources, you can go to our private Facebook or LinkedIn page, and all the links and resources are in the show notes. So we'll get started. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of BARG uh, to get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, so I have two little girls. I have a six-year-old, Finley. She's in grade one now, and a three-year-old. Her name's Taylor. And she's in preschool. So it's crazy, chaotic house, lots of germs, lots of giggles <laughs> and love. And it's so much fun. I love it. <laughs> they have to just constantly be competing for my love. They can't actually be helpful towards each other. <laughs> it's like... I use that to my advantage. I, I always tell my kids, uh, you're the one I love the most today right now because you're listening. Um I don't know. That's probably going to cost me and and therapy. I was going to say, uh, road, but uh, but I I'm I'm looking to survive for today. That's that's my goal. <laughs> but when you have five kids, I'm going to give you a pass for that because like yeah. wow, good <laughs> okay, for good. you and like good for Mama as well. Like that's yeah. incredible. I haven't always been in Alberta. Yeah, so I'm actually I'm English. I'm from England, um, but I I grew up here, which is why I don't have an accent. But I'm actually from, I don't know if you've ever been to London, but I'm from northern London. Um, okay. And we immigrated to Canada when I was nine. And so that was like a little bit of a culture shock for a little girl. Being as fraud is the number one growing crime in, in Canada. Have you come across any clients that couldn't get mortgage financing or uh, were, were a victim of fraud or maybe you've been a victim of fraud? I've not personally been a victim of fraud, but something happened to my husband recently. Um, I think, you know, hopefully he's okay with me sharing this, but um, he, he, yeah, um, George. So he, uh, we'll he had a call from one of the big box <laughs> electronic stores and they claimed to be having like a cell phone promotion. You could get a brand new iPhone, um, just like really amazing deal and um, seemed just awesome. And they were just really good sales people. And they just were um, very convincing. And he ended up giving his credit card and SIN number over the phone. So he had been scammed. And so obviously, we had to shut down the credit card, we had to report it to the credit bureau. And I think, looking back, he's right. embarrassed about it that he fell for it. And I think maybe it's not a topic that is talked about enough because people are embarrassed that they're falling for it. But I mean, these fraudsters are getting very sophisticated and they keep doing it because it works. And so it's a problem. And, you know, not to be embarrassed if it's something that happens to you because it happens a lot. It's it's a real issue. So it's it's all over the place. So it it is more common. And uh, even COVID, the numbers are that it's increased. I think it was 130% from the previous year. So it, it definitely is increasing. And it, um, so I, I get contacted a lot by brokers 
because their clients have been victim of fraud and, and they can't get a mortgage because of something that's happened on there. And so I thought this would be a good opportunity for us to just kind of go through the steps that I, I, I walk all of my clients through if they have any issues with fraud. The first one is once you spot fraud, talk to your spouse because with joint credit, sometimes that gets into the mixture. But uh, as well, because you live at the same address, you have the same last name or maybe have had credit accounts attached previously, then it's more likely that something kind of comes onto yours or or, uh, gets connected there. Uh, yeah. which which could be the issue. You know, I do deal with a lot of first-time home buyers as a mortgage broker and I get a lot of people saying, "Oh, that's my husband's. I didn't think that, you know, I don't see why that would be under my name." And so, you're right, with married couples or even, you know, common-law spouses, you, you know, your name could be on things because it's your partner's and it, and even with a mortgage, a lot of people are they say, "Oh, well, my husband pays the mortgage." But it's still on your credit report and that, you know, because it's on your credit report, you are legally bound to that liability. That's that's why it's the the first thing to do is is just see if there's any kind of possibility that it's them. Uh, If it isn't them, then the next step is to contact the lender. If your client comes to you, you can give them the number if they don't have it generally right beside the, the name of the lender. If not, uh, the inquiry section generally has the phone number that uh, can be called. If it's not there, they can always Google it. Uh, But the key or the main suggestion that I have with clients is to make sure that they ask for the fraud department. Uh, The the frontline phone people, they are not familiar with fraud. Uh, They they don't really understand it. And so I, I found that people in the fraud department are much better equipped and specialized to deal with any of that that information that question so mm-hmm. and is that at Equifax like the the fraud department at the credit bureau is that what you mean no I was speaking more about the fraud department for each individual lender um, oh but okay a lot of clients generally will call Equifax and TransUnion first and and I don't suggest they do that yeah. um, you want to deal directly with the lender in this area uh, one because if okay the lender hasn't lent them anything. So let's say the client sees an inquiry. Well, if they call the lender right away, then they can get in and fr- like in front of it. And hopefully the lender can shut down any kind of lending right away. A lot of the fraud department companies, a lot of them will tell the client to go and file a police report. I was going to ask you if you had any personal experience with going to the the police station. <laughs> no, but that but that's <laughs> that's a good point because we you know we have to. Do you think a lot of the time it is reported or are people not? So it's good yeah. to report because the more it's reported, the more government officials and 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 lenders can actually do something about it or see how big of an issue it really is, but. The main reason for going to a police station to go and file that fraud report is to get a a file number that you can provide to the individual lender or the fraud department that you're talking to. So I have a question about that because, 
say in my husband's case, someone on the phone took his credit card number and he has to, and, and he has the information of like the store that they said they were calling from and all that, then I could see that, you know, someone thinking to go to the police. Um, but there's other types of fraud, you know, whatever it may be. Fraud is fraud. Yes. If it was fraudulent, it should be reported. Right. Before you send your client to the police mm-hmm. station. So I do have some instructions in the show notes or down below with a link that uh, you can send your clients if, if they're a little worried about that. You can go to the police station, but is there somewhere online you can just go and report it, like kind of, or do you have to go to the police station? Situations where it hasn't shown up on your report or you haven't fallen for it or or caused any issues. Uh, The RCMP do have their fraud link, Mm -hmm. and and I'll put that in the show notes as well. Uh, It's actually good for you for social media or just content to let your clients know about on the latest scams and fraud, right? And then the other main thing is encourage your clients to take notes. My wife makes fun of me because I, you could call it a credit diary, uh, (laughs) whatever you want to call it. (laughs) But I mean, of course you have a credit diary. That's not, that's not that surprising to me, Richard. (laughs) So it's really just a diary. (laughs) It's just to take note of who you talk to when, because the, the thing that the clients need to understand is that they'll, they'll probably have to talk to multiple people. And so they'll have to tell the story again and again in order to push it through. And so that's just, you know, when was the last time you talked to? Who did you talk to? What did they say? Just give, you know, a brief uh, summary of what's going on there. Uh, you, you don't have to tell them all your... Uh, your crushes or, or any of the juicy uh, <laughs> stuff you normally put in your diary. Is Nordstrom a crush? Does that count? Or <laughs> yeah, my credit your, card might think credit so. cards. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, I mean, it's a good, uh, that's so funny. I've never heard of a credit diary before. I love it. And the final step that I always suggest for clients is get something in writing. If the lender has confirmed that it is fraud, really important that your client gets something in writing to confirm that the lender has agreed with it and is going to do something about it, whether it's an email, a letter, whatever the case may be. But a lot of times the lender will promise your client that they'll take care of it. I I never suggest that your client trust that conversation mm-hmm. because you know, and I know that uh, a lot of times the client has said, uh, you know, the lender told me this or the bank told me this. And, and now it's a different story on the report. Uh, and it makes it a lot easier to correct any of those errors. If the client has something in writing, uh, it speeds up the process, makes everything a lot easier to get something in writing. Yeah. But what about in the case yeah. where the lender or the creditor doesn't necessarily agree with what the consumer is saying. Like this is sort of a lot of the issues I see by the time it comes to me, I'll say, Oh, well, unfortunately there's this thing on your credit report and you need to go and see Richard (laughs) sort it out. Um, But um, they'll say, Oh no, you know, that that's not actually an issue because, um, and they'll share the story with me. Um, so right. it's clear that they have one perspective of what happened and maybe they shared it with the lender and the lender didn't agree, didn't care, still send them to, 
you know, collections or whatever. Um, or yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a problem too, where you, you maybe think that it's fraud. The lender doesn't think that it's fraud. <laughs> like that could be an issue too. And there are ways to escalate that. Um, there's the ombudsman, there's uh, the ways to escalate it directly with a bank. Uh, lenders, smaller lenders or telecom companies, they seem to care less or don't have as many resources for it. But Equifax and TransUnion aren't interested in he said, she said type arguments. Uh, it, it's really what does the lender say? And that's what they go with. So there are some limitations with that. The client may have to go and pursue it legally with a lawyer, court, or, or do it themselves uh but when it comes to if the, the lender agrees with them, anything can be disputed on the credit report. But if you have paperwork and documentation to back it up, that's going to make it, the process a lot easier. Yeah. In the show notes or down below, I'll add the dispute links uh, that the consumer can, can use. Uh, of course, the broker can do some disputes on their side as well. Uh, but it may be something that uh, maybe you don't have the know-how or the or or really the ability to do it for them. Uh, so that's that's something that uh, that I'll put there for the consumer if you want to push them to to dispute the directly. I mean, I know you can go to Equifax and like as a consumer, and you can order a copy of your own credit report, which doesn't doesn't count as a, a hit on your credit. Like you can just get a copy. Yeah. But even so, I don't know that most people would really know what they're looking at because it's, they're really hard to read. I mean, I read them every day and I'm still like, this does not make any sense the way they. I think every broker can remember the first time they looked at uh, a credit report and I was like, what yeah. is going on? Did you, here? I don't know if you follow uh, yeah. Elon Musk on Twitter, but he he tweeted about that recently oh. about like Equifax. Like, oh, why really? are your reports so hard to read? <laughs> and I laughed because I was like, seriously, here's me trying to figure out what uh, I'm looking at all day, every day. I mean, I'm sure you're good at it by now, but <laughs> well, yeah, it's a second nature because I that's all I look at. I, I don't have to deal with mortgage applications anymore, but uh, it, it's. That's funny because uh, I, I didn't know Elon had uh, posted that, but I, I know his his sentiment is felt by many mm-hmm. people uh, and, and many of my clients. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm big with uh, you could call it credit or, or fraud prevention, or, or I call it credit self defense as my term for it. There is something that Equifax and TransUnion are very big on, and that's registering a fraud alert on the credit report. Mm-hmm. And that's something that a lot of clients do. I wanted to bring up Judy's story uh, because you had contacted me ab- about how this fraud alert for Judy that was showing up on a report was holding back her credit. Uh, so do you do you remember kind of what the scenario was there? Yeah, it was uh, quite stressful for everyone involved. So we were two days away from her condition removal date. So we were just getting down to the wire, doing the final checks. Um, and I get an email from the lender saying, uh, we can't get a hold of her on the number provided on the Equifax report for this fraud alert. This was my first time dealing with this. So I wasn't really sure what this was for. Uh, but basically what it is, it's at the very bottom of your Equifax report. And 
it's just a little note to any lender that says, um, please do a, you know, verbal phone check with the client or something like that before proceeding, um, just so they can verify that that is actually the consumer and not a fraudster. So our client, Judy, had this on her report, and she didn't even know why. She, she said, oh, it might have been something with, you know, ages ago, but, but again, people just aren't very aware, and she just was, you know, busy mom. And I get it. And so yep. she wasn't sure. But basically, um, the, the, the family had moved from another province years prior. And of course, phone numbers. And we don't think to update Equifax, <laughs> you know, when we, especially if she didn't even realize that this fraud alert tag was on there. On there. <laughs> so, I mean, how is one to know? But the lender had to call her on that specific number and they could no longer proceed with the mortgage application because um, once that's on your credit report and I'm not sure how, I mean, you probably know, but six years. Yeah. Six years. Okay. We phoned Equifax and they sent her a paper application to send in the mail to have her phone number changed. Then there was all this, she had to send ID and all this verifying and checking, obviously, because the whole point is to make sure you're you. And we were like, no, we, we're buying a house here. We have 48 hours or else this lovely woman is going to lose her house. Like she's, she, this is it. And so it was really stressful. Um, we ended up getting it done. But point being that, you know, if you know that you have this, first of all, good to know if you have it on there or not. And if you do make sure that phone number is actually your current phone number. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's great in theory that there's something like that on to, to protect the client from, from fraud. Um, in my experience, it doesn't work too well, mostly because a lot of lenders will auto decline a client for credit when they see it on there because of the fact that they're too lazy to call and they got a thousand other applications or it's a computer automated system. The other problem I get a lot is that most lenders will just ignore it to begin with. Uh, so their system won't catch it. They'll just get auto approved anyways. So in, in my experience, fraud alerts are more of a headache than what they're worth. So if you do see it on there, definitely good to make sure it matches the number that your client has given you. Um, but also let your client know that it's something that, that they should uh, keep in mind going forward uh, or, or get it canceled or, or changed because uh, you can have it removed. But uh, unfortunately, that was not something I could help with. You cannot cement, uh, submit a broker dispute. Uh, you cannot speed that process up. It, it is something that the client has to tackle themselves because the whole point is to avoid third-party exactly. fraud. Exactly. <laughs> and I remember and so that. They, I was like, that's okay, Richard. We'll sort it out. You know, <laughs> let's just call Richard. The one thing you can't do. Uh, oh, and know. I even tried to it's phone hard. them and just help this poor woman who was absolutely, yeah. But it's, um, you know, I missed it because I did not know. I, I mean, if, if you've yeah. never seen it before and you don't know about it, then how would you know? But also the underwriter, the lender missed it until it got to the, because we had already yeah. been, you know, she was approved and through the process. So the fact that you know it, it got that far in the process 
without even being noticed just yeah. shows that people have no idea about this stuff even people in the industry. I get a, I get that call a lot uh, from brokers, from underwriters uh, on, on that. Like, what is this? What I don't understand mm-hmm. what it is, what, why it can't and, and how do we fix it? Can you speed it up? And uh, unfortunately it's nothing I can do for that. So it's just something as, as brokers, hopefully by talking about it, getting it out there, you can notice what, where it is and help avoid losing a deal or, or causing that additional stress that you don't need while going through a mortgage on that. Mm -hmm. And I think my husband has that on his now since the, uh, the whole credit card incident, but would he have asked for, would that have just been like, is that voluntary or is it something you have to have on there when your card has been compromised? Can pay for it. And it's like $6 for six years on, on both Equifax or TransUnion. So it's inexpensive. It is something that can be done. But if you call in with fraud, it is something that they generally automatically put on there. Uh, So that's something that you have to request to have it removed if you want it removed before the six-year time frame is up. The best way that they can defend themselves is to check their credit regularly. If you encouraging your clients to check your credit, I do have a, a YouTube playlist that actually has all the different ways for them to check their credit report, whether it's free or paid, uh, and the explainer videos on how to. <laughs> I, I would love to say it's easy, but a lot of times it's more complicated uh, than, than, in my opinion, it should be. Uh, so I, I do have explainer videos that, that you can always pass on to you. Yeah, that's good to know. Because a lot of people have that, like the your banking app will show you your credit score, but there's no detail there. Like you want to see more detail. You have to expand it. Yeah, you have to see more details. What I don't like about the apps with the banks is there is no reminder to go back and see it. That's one of the biggest things that I like about Borwell and Credit Karma is the fact that they ask you weekly as a reminder to go and check Mm -hmm. your credit. Because like you said, we're busy. We're focused on other things other than our credit. Uh, well, other than me, most people are not are... writing in their credit diary before bed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, so that's that's something where if if you're reminding them, it, it's just good for them to check now uh, during the pre-approval process, or even just down the road to help avoid issues. Uh, so that's everything that I had uh, for today. What, was there any other last minute comments that uh, you wanted to throw in there? Uh, no, just, you know, I was happy to have this discussion and really, really good to come on the podcast. And I think it is such an important thing to talk about, something that's not talked about enough. And it's not something that should come up once or twice in your life randomly when you're applying for a mortgage. You know, it's something that you should be checking in on on a regular basis. And I mean, before my mortgage days, I would never have. And obviously, I'm checking now all the time and really on top of it. But, um, you know, I'm not I'm not writing in a credit diary, but I am. (laughs) I am, you know, keeping an eye on it, at least, which is something I never would have done before my mortgage days, because you just don't know what you don't know. Right. more awareness in this topic is always a good thing so thank you for what you do you're very welcome and uh, i appreciate uh, you coming on and and 
sharing uh, some experiences and, and your perspective. Uh, it definitely helps getting the real life experience of mortgage brokers that are on the front lines dealing with this stuff. Yeah, so thank you, again. Richard. If you have a specific client scenario that you want me to review, please send me all the details you can to info at creditgame.net and I'll see how I can help. You can click the See More button in order to get the links and resources that we talk about in the episode. And I look forward to seeing you on the next one.